You're listening to the Legendarium Blue Team. You have chosen wisely. Please go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show. You seem amazing, but people don't like you. Is there something I should know? Are you telling me something, Megan? No, I'm sorry. I'm looking straight into your eyes right now, Todd. That's what I'm doing tonight. I am getting the cheesecake. Is that the beginning sound that we're going to do for this podcast? No, we'll see what Craig decides. <laughs> I don't like it. Welcome to the Legendarium. We are the blue team. Megan, Ken, and of course me, Todd. We are here talking second second edition, second piece, second installment. Part two. Of... Skin what was game the name of this one? Skin Boogaloo. game. That's right. We, I was just looking at Peace Talks, trying to download it on my phone. It's like the parkour podcasting. Parkour. Okay. So wait a minute. Okay. So there's one thing I have to ask right now. Okay. Harry fritzes out TVs. How does he know the parkour thing? That was a total ripoff on The Office, and he shouldn't be able to watch that unless they're putting it on a big screen TV out in the uh, you know someplace else where he can't fritz out the electronics. Maybe, Maybe he's. He, Oh, go ahead. I say maybe he was standing in the dining room and it was on in the kitchen. I don't know. Or it was on in the living room. Could be. Maybe he was just watching stupid kids doing parkour and thought it was funny. Maybe. And then it became his thing. Although I do want to say, I very much um, appreciated the scenes of Harry on the island. uh, Just out there on his own. Partly because then when he finally does get back, he's talking with Murphy. And um, she, he has a comment where she... I don't know, gets up and like holds his shoulder or something and nope, can't find the quote. I can never find the quotes when I want them. But he says something about how like human touch, there's nothing like it. Yeah. And it's just so needed. And that's been a thing. I'm single. I live alone in social distancing for so long. Like there are regular weeks when life is not crazy and we're not in a pandemic when I'm not hugged for a week and it's fine. But I th- I just, I, I appreciated that Jim Butcher kind of had this moment where he acknowledged, like, human touch human is touch needed. Isn't. That's a pretty cool thing. Anyway. Maybe we can orchestrate one of those virtual cuddle parties. We could do uh, that. They're um, awful. That's just, yeah. Okay, so anyway, gross. we were going to start well, talking we about... Sorry, <laughs> I wrecked it. <laughs> oh, no. Let's start over. Let's no, believe no, it. Let's you get... didn't wreck it. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, let's continue on. So, <laughs> yeah, by the way, else. correct sandwich <laughs> opinion on Discord. Uh, have any of you decided to take up parkour? Not take up, not decided to take up. I have been thinking about parkouring for years. And, yeah, you know, yeah. that's why I obstacle race. I'm still because working on being able to stretch my leg above my head. The, that is a lifelong thing. The the, uh, the obstacle course racing thing is a big deal for for me as well, Ken. Yeah, you know, we've we've worked together on. We've run them before. We've we've run we've run quite a few. We're and I think we're going to wind up running another couple next year, probably. Do yeah, it. I got those credits now, thanks to COVID. Yeah, so. I've got a I've got a few of them sitting around too, and trying to decide whether we whether it becomes a trifecta or not. But yeah, we've. Yeah, we've we've run enough of those. And and I'll 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 say this. My daughter wants to do parkour. And every time I say, OK, we got some walls over at the junior high that we can run. She's like, Dad, not when people are watching. And I'm like, well, she's smarter than I am. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I will say this too. the book didn't get me interested in parkour or well interested in, in doing more parkour. Uh, but I have lost 
uh, my COVID-19, you know, we'll, there you we'll go, say there it you go. because of Ultimate Tag. The TV show oh, Ultimate Tag, yeah, yeah, where they yeah. use a lot of that free running and acrobatics and stuff. And I went, I still got something in me, right? Let's go. But so do, anyway, you, do you, you commentate everything that you do? I really don't. High kick. High kick. Running in parkour. place. Parkour. He, he, he does what everybody else does. High kick. Parkour. Wow, that one failed. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Parkour. That's it. That was that. Uh, <laughs> we have spent way too long on this. When you When you start the book. With that kind of a moment, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I like it. Let's I talk like about it. something more scary. Let's talk about the Denarians. They That's are terrifying. more scary. Parkour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. Because that... there was a parkour moment with the Denarians. That's right. true. Well, and the, and we go back to the, the ice gate, the frost gate or yeah, frozen we'll, gate yeah. or whatever. On, on the way back. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, so. uh, the first thing I want to say, because it's, it's related to the Denarians, but um, the fact that Harry makes fun of like the... I don't know, squires, henchmen, right. having no Jordan. tongues. And so the first thing that <sighs> Nicodemus does is has Deirdre rip out Jordan's tongue. But like later on, they have all these conversations where Michael says, well, what? I mean, that is so isolating. If you can't even talk to a person, like food doesn't taste good. So sitting down to a meal at like, and that's really how most of us get our social interaction. It is so isolating and so that's kind of a fantastic way to um, get somebody to have to rely on you, which is yeah. why they are so faithful to Nicodemus. And then towards the end of the book, they have the whole moment where, um, okay, now I don't remember exactly what happens, but where it looks like where those he, henchmen he may go to they... the side of where Uriel, God. Where Uriel says, yeah. yes. I was willing to risk all of this, not just for... The redemption of Nicodemus. That's what happens. But for all of these as well. And when he makes the mo when he makes the statement, he says, "Yeah, but they made their choices." And he said, "Some people fall from grace, and some people are pushed." Yeah. Yep. And what a what a a a really fascinating take on you know the, the this this theme of choice, consequences, mm -hmm. accountability, all those kinds of things. But there's a there's an element. Uriel brings in this element of grace. What a beautiful, beautiful insertion yeah. in the midst of all of that. And they're not just looking to kill the vessels of the Knights of the Black and Denarius. They're really trying to redeem them. Like every chance he gets, Michael is trying to, are you sure this is what you want to do? Because yep. you can always come back to, like he's, he just keeps saying, you can never go too far. You can always, you, you can, can always, always come, come back. back. Right. And that's what he, it's his guiding star is always trying to redeem, mm -hmm. not dispatch, not dispose of the denarians, not the denarians, but those who have taken up the, the coin. He's yeah. always trying to bring them back. Even he, I mean, I don't know how successful he would have been, but he said if he, the reason Nicodemus pulled Deirdre aside is because he knew if he didn't get her away from Michael, that Michael could have pulled her back. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't believe, because I think Deirdre was just as far gone as Nicodemus, but it was the fact that he almost succeeded. I don't know how close to almost succeeded, but he tried to reclaim Nicodemus mm -hmm. and looked like he was being fairly successful. And that was the impending oh crap moment for me, by the way, is as he's talking to Nicodemus and it looked like Nicodemus was coming back. I was like, <gasps> do not do not do not kill michael at this moment because yeah. yeah. i will throw the book and i will burn something freaking down well and let's be fair that's not the only place that we had a moment where it looked like 
there was an opportunity for redemption for Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. when Murphy was standing over the top of him with Fidelachius? Oh. oh, yeah. And, and he drops the coin. He takes the coin and sets it down. Removes the noose. Removes the noose and says, what if I say I'm willing to be redeemed? I just, That's I, such a no-one situation. I just, I don't believe, and this is why I'm not Michael. I don't believe that somebody like Nicodemus can be, be can be redeemed. And the reason is because I think he has not been corrupted. He was corrupt already. He has chosen yeah. this because he embraces it. Yeah, now, Murphy and, didn't believe it either, which is why she didn't turn her back on him. Yeah. She didn't accept it. And let's be fair. Nicodemus is pretty clear about it. And Joe and Jim Butcher writ, wrote it in such a way that it makes sense because he says, wasn't it, Ken, when we were off the air, you were talking about the fact that he said, I don't, I'm not controlled He's by not the controlled Denarians. He's not controlled by the Denarians. He can, yeah, the Denarians don't control me. I control them is what he says in the book. And that's a kind of another, oh crap moment where it's like, oh geez, this guy is hella whether, scary. Whether so, we think that's true, he thinks it is. He thinks and that's it is. enough and I, to be terrified. I feel of. like that's hubris, mm-hmm. but it's sometimes when you have hubris and a little power, that's even scarier. Yeah. You know, so maybe it's just that he has the right coin for him and Duriel is freaky scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, something tells me that if you're the first one to get any of the coins, which I think in I think earlier first, right? in earlier uh accounts in within the within our story frame, within the framework, we're told that Nicodemus got one of the coins over 2000 years or 2 yeah. 2000 years ago. You do the yeah. So he got it probably right, right after so, and he was, I mean, I, that'd be a, that'd be an interesting writing exercise. I'm not sure I necessarily want to read that story, Right. but is it, you know, is it likely or is it possible that Nicodemus actually was there at the time of the betrayal and all of those other kinds of things he was involved with the Sanhedrin and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I see that as a very strong possibility and the fact that he would say, no, 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 they work for me because they really do. That's a right. really scary, scary, scary kind yeah. of a situation. Yeah, I think he's been he's been on board from the beginning. He has not been corrupted or inf- he's been influenced, but he's not been tempted into this and then eventually came into it. He was on board from the from very the beginning. beginning. And fanatics make the worst kind of villains because that's true, or the best kind. Well, they make the most dangerous kind. Let's put there it you go. There you go. I'll take that. I'll take that. So let's talk about really quick. I had two points. Well, you know. Go ahead, and I'll think of this one. The idea we—I think we talked about this one also, or or did we talk about this already on the air? Did we know? Did did we think that? Did we see that uh, that Nicodemus was going to be giving? Oh, that's coins? what it was. Did anyone foresee Nick giving coins to the Janosqua or Hannah? And I think the answer for all of us was pretty much, uh, oh yeah. yeah, I totally did. That's like the first time I've ever been like, of course. Usually <laughs> these things surprise me. Like, in that oh, one. they're getting coins. I was not. Also, I was surprised that Hannah had uh, Lashiel. Like that. Was, that was a great twist. That and was unexpected, and I, I, I'm glad that Harry didn't say anything about. Oh, hey, did you know that I have our spirit baby in my brain? Uh, no, it's because uh, Lashiel said it to him. Oh, did she? Yeah, she did. She already knew. I paid attention to other things. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what. That was the hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. I'm so happy yeah. they actually said that. Not only that, but they they delivered that line basically twice. And one of them was in hell. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other oh crap moment to come from that is when it, 
it becomes apparent that she has lash yield, we go, wait a second. How did that get back yeah. out of the church control so yeah. quickly? Yeah. No, I think that was, that was one of those pieces that I have been waiting for a revelation on. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think it's Father Ford Hill. I think that there's no, corruption elsewhere in the, in the church's care of those things. I think there absolutely is. Yeah. And I think it hopefully doesn't go terribly deep. And I don't think Jim Butcher is the kind of person that's going to write a Catholic church is corrupt, blah, blah, no, blah book no, or anything no. like that. I think he's going to do a good job of making that a story that's plausible and, and fleshed out without just going to the trope of church bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. yeah, he's, he's not all about like an entire institution is good he's, or bad. Well, it's through, the individuals inside books. it. Yeah, through 15 yeah. books we've seen he knows nuance. But I could see awesome. just the exact wrong person being one of the knights, like quietly being one of the knights of the Black and Denarius and well in fact and being oh, out yeah, about, Black and Denarius inside the church. Yeah, like who accidentally picked up one of the coins at one point and then it possessed him and now he's like oh, a, absolutely. a tool. And interestingly it absolutely enough, absolutely could be. That is brilliant. Megan, you're brilliant. Thank you. Hannah Asher's the one the one connection that I did not see was Hannah Asher being protected by the Order of St. Giles. And, yes. Oh, that was great. And oh, so and cool. Harry and, and her blaming Harry for the dismantling of that organization because yeah. so many of them were part vampire. Yeah. So what do you think of that? Is that, I mean, is this one of those moments where we're saying, okay, law of unintended consequences, we all have to deal with it and Harry's really responsible? Or do we say, uh, yeah, they were half vampires. So I think she just needed she was hurt. It hurt her personally because these were people that had loved and accepted her and she needed someone to blame. And she picked Harry because it made the most sense. But she like there are so many people that she could have blamed, but she decided to be angry at Harry. And one of the things we've seen from warlocks throughout this series is Mm. one of the biggest things that leads them to be warlocks is their sense of alone. Yes, their isolation. Their isolation. They don't have anybody. They've been mistreated, maligned, the world done them dirty, whatever it is. They don't have a support structure. So when somebody who's lived that life to the point where she's a warlock finally finds a structure like that and only to have it ripped away from her, under the influence of Lashiel, especially, you can see how she turns on Harry pretty easily. And I don't even know if she fully believes the Harry, you took the order of St. Giles away from me or how much of that slash you'll poisoning her. But you but, can see how she gets from here to there. But certainly it's a, it's, it's not a long jump. Yeah. How weird though, that she was like hooked up with binder, like of all the random. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. So there was a moment that, that <laughs> the moment where the moment where I, this makes me wonder about how intuitive is binder. Yeah. Because she says, yeah, I, I tried to get binder too. And you know, binder rejected her binder you know she she said no it's not binder trying to get me it's me trying to get binder and mm-hmm. he's like binder turned her down yeah what a blow to her ego and that like, was another one of the places that i wrote down but that was also one of those moments where i read that and i was like you know you you hear like you meet somebody and you just think they're so great and then you start finding out they don't have that many friends and like they apparently these people are no longer friends because of this is like where what is up with you that I should maybe be concerned about? I'm not saying that people who don't have friends are terrible people. I'm just saying like every once in a while I'll reach out and be like, you seem amazing, but people don't like you. Is there something I should know? Are you telling me something, Megan? Is no, there something I'm sorry. I I'm know? looking straight into your eyes right now, Todd. 
<laughs> I'm actually looking at my coworker right now. Ah, okay, okay. Sorry, I've just checking. Her just checking. Face on your face. <laughs> well, you know, I do spend time in front of a microphone and away from people. Most she of the just doctor elected so. you. <laughs> I really hate that lady. Uh, anyway, <laughs> she's probably not a fan. Uh, no, she is not because I let her know we couldn't be friends anymore and she didn't take it well. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. there you go. Yeah. You know, the it, it, interesting, but, but that, that exchange, there's, there's a really interesting way that that's played off. Mm-hmm. We see the exchange from Harry's side and Harry immediately says, oh, this, that must just crush her that two people have rejected her. And he makes the statement. He says, uh, it's not always, or he says, it's tough to keep up. Uh, it, it's it's tough to still feel attractive if you keep getting turned down. Yeah. Uh, that has to make you vulnerable. The actual quote is, doesn't matter how pretty you are, what's important is how pretty you feel, which I have long believed. No one feels pretty when they hear no often enough. Oh, I and, feel that. And that, that was the moment that I said to myself, oh boy, this is probably, and then he tries to, you know, he tries to recover. Hey, I can't tell you how many times I've been, you know, approached by somebody who wanted to eat me, literally. <laughs> and also, and Lash Shields in his head at that, in her head yep. at that very moment. Because I, I I guess what we've heard is that she's had the coin now for three weeks, three, four, five right. weeks, mm-hmm. right? Before this even started, she's already had the coin. So, yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> and I'm yep. sure at that moment, it's the, so when, so when... Lash and Asher finally manifest themselves together as saying, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Yeah. Two of them in the same body. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Each of them incredibly powerful in her own right. And ticked at Harry. Yeah. Right. You know, when he messes stuff up, let's be fair, (laughs) he messes them up really well. He does not do things halfway. (laughs) That is for sure. And yet- Then, and and this is one of those places where, again, we you know, we talked about it in the last episode. This is another of those places that Harry demonstrates, or that Jim Butcher writes Harry to demonstrate, depending on how you want to talk it. That it's it's your intelligence, not your power, that matters. Yeah. When he starts getting Asher to throw power at him. Yeah. And he keeps deflecting the power to the roof. Mm-hmm. Deflecting the power, not deflecting the power around him, def- deflecting the power in a particular way so that he can make things happen. And then knowing that he can say, uh, you know what, if you calm down, I can make this all work out. Nope, not going to calm down. Fine. I'll do it yeah. one more time and watch as all of this rains down on you. What an interesting display of intelligence and forethought. Again, does this make Harry more or less scary? Well, he does kind of try to use that moment to say, hey, maybe you should back off. Like he tries to give her a chance, but also he's trying to protect himself and let and get his friends out of that out of yeah. there. Yeah. So I don't he has to do it, what he has to do. Yeah, I don't think it makes him more scary per se, but it does present Harry in an interesting light as somebody who is trying to save somebody else. In the past, Harry would just go... Boom, you're dead. Boom, you're dead. You know, blunt instrument. Yeah. And in changes, he you know, did. Breakable object. And now he he feels more, for lack of a better term, like Michael. Like a knight of the cross where he is trying to redeem somebody. 
would it be fair to say that since changes, when the pendulum swung so far in Harry being kill them all and let them be sorted out at the end, that the pendulum has started to swing back, that Harry is much more concerned or starting to be more concerned about collateral damage, about what some of the outcomes of some of these actions are going to be. He's always been you know, concerned. Yeah. But he's also just unleashed power in all kinds of places and said, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Haven't burned down a building in a little while, but, you know, today's a new day. <laughs> right. But it seems like after changes, and I had, a, I had a few of my friends who had read the series and they said, have you gotten to changes yet? And I would say, oh, no, we're right here. And he's like, oh, just wait till changes. And we heard that from, yeah. we heard that from the group on the so Discord. On Discord. Along, yeah. Wait till changes, wait till changes, wait till changes. I feel like changes was a was a turning point in a lot of ways. Some of them good, some of them bad, as far as you know what we look at, or good or bad, depending on your your value system, right? But this one, I feel like Harry is trying to bring this uh, this bloodlust, this willingness to engage in absolute wholesale slaughter and destruction for a righteous and worthy cause. He's mm-hmm. trying to bring that back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not sure how long this one's gonna last. But I was impressed that there were multiple times where he's saying, at least we're at least we're away from people who are innocents. Right. Uh, if we keep all of this contained within the building, we don't have to worry about the cops. We don't have to worry about. He's always had a little bit of that concern, but this one he really went out of his way. Yeah, and keeps it all contained within this. Yeah, within Hades or that, within within the underworld. the underworld. That support staff of his, that support structure he has, has I think given him. A grounded view of yeah. things nowadays. Yeah, I think so too. Which is good. Ultimately, I, it's good. And I think that I think that that I think that Harry becoming a father. Oh, that's right. In two different ways now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about that a little bit before we oh. get to that? I want to want to ask one question before we get off the Denarians uh, from Discord. This is Jeff Dugan asking: Is this the first time we see a schism? among the Denarians as to oppose to just rivalries among factions. And what do we think the end game is for this? Because Tessa is not involved in this. She seems like she's not just not involved, not just flying, you know, a different route. She looks like she's actively combating her husband. I think Tessa knew that what was going to be required. Oh, Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe she, maybe it's a parental strife. Yep. I think she knew, I think she knew what would be required. And I think here's, here's me. This is me. I'm almost always wrong, but this is what I think that because she's that her being back, uh, Nicodemus says, oh, you, you would never have believed Harry killed our daughter. Yeah. To well, oh, he's, right. he's telling that to every, he's telling lies right and left as he's busting well, out of there. He's a denarian. Yep. I know. He's Nikki and the Nickelheads. He's the leader of the band. Which but is I, why. She, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say it's it's interesting how little that distracts Binder because Binder starts off being against Harry and Harry's like, no, no, no. Actually, this is what happened. And Binder goes, that makes more sense. OK, I'm on your <laughs> side. Did you bring my money? Like, uh, I it, love it doesn't rule distract him one. for that long, but it distracts him just long. And it distracts Binder and Harry just long enough. Um, that Harry's really cutting it short when he goes to try to rescue Maggie. Yeah. So I have to say this because it's going to leave my head if I don't. Okay. If these movies ever get cast, Binder has to be played by Armin Shimmerman. <gasps> yes, please. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I was kind of picturing him more oh. of as a Mark Shepard type. No, no. He has to be Armin Shimmerman because <gasps> let's be honest, 
having Quark show up and being once you have their money, quoting, you never give it back. Quoting yes. this rules Ru of acquisition. What's bond is rule one, right? <laughs> money is the awesome. only thing that matters. It's all about the money, love. All right, so <laughs> everything else is too expensive. So talking about things leaving your head. See oh, that? there's a segue. Yeah, that was a nice segue. Yeah, Do Harry, it. Harry the parent. Twice. Oh. Yeah. Just makes me so How? happy. It made me so happy when he told Murphy and she just died laughing because that is what I did. How does I Maggie that. introduce that? This is my sister? Yeah. Or will this sister become to Maggie what Bob was to Harry? Ooh. A kind of mentor? I don't know. They they talk about how like this new baby sister who we don't have a name for, correct? Correct. All right, so baby sister it is. Um, like Bob, she's born into this world where she's all power, like the archive also, because um, we've had this discussion before where um, they're going to have to be really careful about how they rear this child and what influences are around her to keep, because she could so easily go evil because she doesn't have a moral compass. Nope. And so right. I'm just curious to see like what the personality is. Is it a baby? Is it starting at like age three mentally? Well, you I, know, they, they, when, when Harry was talking about her in his, with his subconscious, mm -hmm. saw her as a, about a 12 year old. Okay. And, uh, and, and yet very frail, not, not strong, not right. strong enough. Right. And I, I have to, I have to wonder now that, now that this spirit of intelligence, this uh, spirit of knowledge or whatever it's going to be is, is in the world and in its own skull, mm -hmm. what, what role that's going to play because Harry's been used to going to Bob for help. Right. And now he's going to have to, this, this spirit born with everything he knows Everything last year knows. knows. Yikes. Yeah. Um, even though last year's gone and her coin is at the bottom of the underworld, supposedly. Supposedly. Something tells me that that vault doesn't hold everything that we think it holds, at least not securely. Anyway. Well, not if Spirit Deirdre is floating around. around, right? So I, I, if I were a betting man, I would bet that there's an awful lot of time that has to be spent trying to figure out how to help this new little baby spirit mm -hmm. figure out uh, some some form of restraint and that Harry's going to be trying to figure out how to help this spirit develop the moral compass. You remember when he worked with Bob in uh, the one with the, the one with Sue the dinosaur, the necromancers. Dead First time we Dead saw beat. those. Thank you. Um, and we we talked about the or they in in the in the book they talk about Bob being allowed. You know, mm -hmm. Harry says, "Well, can you remind me about what what remember what Kepler was about?" And the lights went from orange to, mm -hmm. to blue. blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we get this vision of Bob, not just not just mean malevolent Bob, but psycho killer Bob. And then psycho killer, and then he tells him, "No, kill that part of you." Never bring it back out. Not kill that part of you, but never yeah. bring it back out. You may never. I give you an order. You may never do that again. 
And that part shows up. And Bob in, slops it off. Yeah. And and that part becomes Which works really well. Yeah. Uh, never never bites Harry in the butt no. on this stuff, right? I, so so uh, does that mean that Harry can help this newborn spirit with the right set of instructions to develop a moral compass? Does Harry have the right set of instructions? I mean, it, who who does, else does Harry have the right moral compass? That's the thing. Like, who else <laughs> knows about this, and who else will find out? Will the White Council come in and be like, "No, you can't hold on to this. This is something we have to hold on to and put into a vault so mm-hmm. that nobody can ever influence it because it's so like there. There's so many implications here. It would seem to me that Harry already has a vault at his disposal. Should that mm-hmm. kind of a situation pop up? Well, do spirits of intellect have a master and apprentice relationship also? Because, I mean... There can only ever be two. Maybe Bob. That that could either be really scary or... I saw what you did there. <laughs> Except we I'll already have a Bob and a psycho Bob. Could, uh, could Bob apprentice this spirit of intellect? And no. do we really want that? No. Keep Bob away. No. Pervy Bob, gross. From a spirit baby girl, get out. Yeah, no, Ew. that... There's there there's nothing that would go wrong with that one. No, at all. But that's, not at all. I think all. that's a question that I saw on Discord asking if Bob knew about. Oh, do you want to ask? Read the question. Sure. It's Fly Guy for Life. Hi, hey. Fly Guy. Discord names are the best. He is such a Dresden fan. Yeah. I know. Hi. Do you think Bob knew about the spirit growing in Harry's head? Uh, let me get this closer to me. And her impending need for a warded vessel, or was Bob being purely selfish when he asked for a second skull, a second container? In cold days. Yeah. Was he actually asking question. for a second home or was he making a home for this spirit? Well, and that's interesting because it was like the first thing that Harry needed to do because he's part of the Fae now. And Butters kind of mentions this where Butters is patching Harry up and Harry's like, oh, hey, can you give this to Bob? And Butters is like, um, you realize that the first thing that you said to me was not, hey, it's good to see you. What's going on? Uh, How's your girlfriend? It's I need to fix a debt. You're paying and, a debt. Yeah. That doesn't sound suspiciously fairy at all. Like, that so was just, a it's just such a hiccup that was a powerful moment that right? was uh and and I think there was there was a there was a moment in there that made me say wow butters you're diff you've changed you got changed. so cynical yeah well should, but, we, should we talk about how much butters changed I I guess if we feel like we're done talking about uh, baby spirit of intellect. I, I do think it's interesting that Molly was the one that had to help him deliver it. We, yeah. we don't really know exactly why that is. Is it because she's so good at mind mind magic. stuff? That's my guess. It's because she okay. does the mind magic thing really well. As, as let's let's stay on Molly for just a couple of seconds. Okay. Yeah, because she's got a couple of scary moments in this. She does have a couple of scary moments. She's gotten over. She's she's a much more put together human being now. And I'm using that term loosely. I'm not saying that I'm putting air quotes around human being, but I am going to say that she's a much more put together human being right yeah. now. And that's scary. I'm putting human being in air quotes. That because she's a, <laughs> that, that now that she knows so much about what's really going on, yeah. it's changed her yeah. already. Did you read Cold Case? Uh, I did not read Cold Case. You yet. read it though, right, Meg? Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it's Molly's first yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you guys talked about it. Yeah, I didn't have it's time her first to get to that trip one. on uh, her first job as the Winter Lady, but she, yeah, she's embraced the mantle of the Winter Lady much more readily than Harry embraced embraced the mantle of the Winter Knight. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I think part of uh, Molly's duties is that she 
like she's really just trying to clean up the messes that that Maeve, that Maeve left. left behind. That was her name. Yeah. And so part of it is she's seeing that she really is doing a service and being helpful. And I think it also helps her to have a purpose and to yeah. have somebody kind of being able to tell her what to do for a while because she just really was on her own and so haunted for so long. Yeah, but yeah. I can see that being a little bit of a... But who's telling her she what goes to do? From, she I goes know. from Leah to Mab as her... She goes from Harry to Leah to Mab. I mean, this is going from like questionable moral ground to not quite questionable at all to holy mackerel. Yeah. You are a psycho lady. Well, and at the same time, she visits or Harry visits her while he's dreaming. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she makes a comment about how she's being tortured in her dreams by some of the other fairies because they can't do it directly, but they can do it in her dreams. And it's kind of like a hazing, but still right. sleep is just no fun anymore. I, it it really is it it really is giving us a little bit different view into what's going on with with the world of Fay. Yeah, and they are they are some messed up individuals. That's for sure. Yeah, the win. It's still interesting. The Winter Court, the fact that the Winter Court is basically the first line of defense, the last line of defense against the, the outsiders. outsiders. Yeah, and the Summer Court is just kind of there to. The summer Make court sure prevents, they prevents have... any any outbreaks yeah. of the fairy. Yeah. And the fairy prevent any outbreaks of outsiders. Right. Uh, so it's, really it's interesting, interesting to see the dynamic between the two, but you can get the impression that there are a lot more winter fae than there are summer fae because you just you need troops. Oh, you yeah. keep needing troops. And And yet Molly with everything she's been through, she's still afraid to tell her parents about the change. That was that was hilarious. She was so concerned. Michael Michael talking to Harry and thinking that he was going to tell her that he and Molly are doing it instead of <laughs> like, yes, let's go with that one because I don't want to tell the other one. Yeah. And then Molly. It's not my place. And then Molly having the conversation where he says, oh, you didn't tell my parents, did you? No, no. I let your dad believe this. Oh, oh, that's okay. Right. <laughs> we'll deal with that one. Wow. Holy mackerel. All right. We've got, we've got issues in this. The, I, family connectedness, I'm not so sure. Well, I, I think it's it says more about Molly because she, when we met her back at SplatterCon, she was definitely being the rebellious teenager type. So sure. her dad knows basically the worst that she'd been. And so like, at least he approves of Harry as a human being. She's always been down this path. but That's true. She's nearly 30 at this point, yeah. I mean, he yeah. could, Michael, in his opinion, she could do a lot worse than a guy like this because he sees <laughs> the integrity that my, that Harry has. Well, and he knows that Harry is not one to take sex lightly. Yeah. So. I will say, though, in, in the middle of Harry's dream, I was reading that next to my mom who was reading a book uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting and like my dad is cooking stuff over a campfire and I read that and I'm like of course I'm reading this while my parents are right there I'm so they don't know what to do right now then a three-year-old comes running up I'm like get out I don't know what's happening the funny why are you is, smiling so big right now Megan the funny nothing. thing I was reading that and my first thought was okay I'm getting a little bit uncomfortable with this and then my second thought was oh I bet Megan's loving this <laughs> My first thought yeah. was, I'd love to see how Megan's, I'd love to see Megan's face. I just want to be able this. to focus on this, but all I can think of is my dad right there. My, my yeah. first thought was, you and Deirdre. I'm really Ugh, glad I'm yeah. mowing the yeah. lawn right now because it's distracting me from all of this. Yeah. For, for once, I wasn't driving in my car, which is good because yeah. I get a lead foot. 
Well, let's yeah. and 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 let's be fair. As good as you know, as 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 interesting as that dream was, the conclusion for that dream super disturbing. Yeah, the Very. idea of yeah. the idea of Murphy being slipped a coin that was scary. Oh. It was alarming, and it was one uh, thing. Before we get on to Murphy, one thing about Molly. Uh, Molly using a cell phone, right? That's not good. Are you sure? I'm not sure it's not good, I guess, but I'm not sure it's good. I mean, maybe it just means that she has better control over her powers. I think it means, like Harry said, that it's probably more likely that she's becoming less human. Yeah. Well... That she's embracing the life of Faye just a little bit more than is probably comfortable for Harry. What else does she have to do? I don't know. I don't don't know that it's... I, I I think the difference between Harry and Molly is that the mantle of the winter night... I think is different than becoming the winter lady. Yeah. I don't think that I, I I think that Molly is changed. Mm -hmm. I don't think that Molly can accept or reject the change. I think that Molly is changed now, maybe spiriting her away and giving her, you remember at the end of cold days, the, the Mab spirits away, both of the ladies, the Mm -hmm. new winter lady and the new summer lady and says they need instruction. Yeah. So sharing with them that instruction and making sure that they are aware individually or together, however it might work, of what is at stake. I'm not sure. I kind of wonder if Maeve ever really knew what was at stake or really understood. It sounds like she knew, but it doesn't sound like she understood what was at stake. And Molly has definitely watched Maeve mismanage the mantle of... Oh, the yeah. winter lady and seeing what the consequences could be, not just as like for the winter lady as an individual, but for the whole world. Yeah. Whether she was under the uh, influence of the nemesis or not, mm-hmm. the fact of the matter was at some point in time, she made a choice. And again, in that one, we had opportunities. You can choose to change. You can choose to stop being a tool. Right. right. Uh, in <laughs> in Sorry, multiple ways. Or start you know? being a tool. Yeah. But, but that question of of choice obviously Maeve gave it away but molly's made a choice too Mm -hmm. and that choice to embrace that makes me wonder maybe harry could use a cell phone if he would embrace the mantle a little differently maybe he could that's a good point maybe it's not as scary as it means yeah and then he could watch the the office office. maybe maybe that's where that would come from so so should we talk about murphy let's let's talk about murphy she really went through it in this one she, how big of a crushing blow would that be to say, I broke the sword of fate? Yeah, I was yeah. shocked. Oh, and uh, horrified. And then I felt sad for Todd because I knew how much you wanted her to take up the sword and be a knight. I really, I was so excited when she drew it mm-hmm. and when Out Nicodemus, an I remember where I was <gasps> when the sword broke and I had to go in and do some work on a on a project and i was tr- i was wiping tears from my eyes oh. because i was just like i can't not believe of all the things and then after after she breaks and I, and i knew <laughs> it was all a lie i knew that nicodemus was lying oh yeah everybody knew everybody we knows all, we all knew that nicodemus she knew was that's lying. why she went to swing the sword at him and then but that's not how it works not how it's supposed to work oh man well and then he just really beat the tar out of her and that was <laughs> and that was the other piece that was like oh my goodness and harry can't do anything about mm-hmm. it yeah and and we and 
um, there's there's something really painful about Murphy for for me about Murphy going from the 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 solid partner that Harry has mm-hmm. to being unhinged mm-hmm. when when he dies to trying to put all of this stuff back together and figure stuff out to being only to have it crash down again again yeah to to again being at a place where she has to carry the burden of the fact that she's just kind of let it up that she, that she was responsible and and that was after she had the conversation with butters where she was talking about how you have to, you, you can't look at your friends like monsters. Yeah. If you look at your friends like monsters, they're going to be monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's 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 choose to believe the good. And then she has to carry that that pain of having broken Fidelakius. Yeah. Um that was a that was a really not fun moment in this book for me. No. Partly because too uh, and I have to admit the first thing that I thought of when they said they were picking up all the shards was I was like, ooh, maybe they can reforge the sword. Reforge. Where have we ever yep. seen that happen before? Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's what I thought too. And I was I was thinking that that would be, you know, that would be the, 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 that would be the scene. I mean, we were nowhere near the end of the book, but I was thinking to myself, oh, that would be a great theme for the ending of this book. Charity and Michael reforging the sword of faith. And, I thought you know, Uriel would do it, but yeah. No, no, that's not going to happen because it's broken. I mean, if only they had somebody in that house experienced in metalworking. If only, right? <laughs> now, now here's something that I want to ask, and I, I'm trying to remember correctly. The the nails are woven into the into the hilts. hilts. Yeah, and and that was the piece that made me say, "Well, maybe there's something they can do with this." Yeah. yeah. Little did I know. <laughs> That's all they would need. Oh my goodness. I I I, I do I do want to before we go that direction though okay. I got to say one more thing. Okay. I was very satisfied with the ending of the book with Harry and Murphy. Yes. Yeah. Finally. It's it's kind of one of those. Now, now we've all seen things where when you remove the sexual tension between two characters, those characters no longer work together very well. Right. I've seen it happen a lot. I've seen I've seen people who were really good dating and they were not so good married. I've seen I've seen it in real life. I've seen it. We've we've seen it countless times on television and movies. All those kinds of things. We've seen it and we've seen it in literature. I'm really hopeful that Jim Butcher will be able to to kind of hold this one together and make these characters stay interesting in the midst of it. What I don't know is what this really becomes because he didn't say, "Will you marry me?" What he said was, "We've got to take care of something that's going to involve a lot of a lot of noise." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm kind of like, hmm, I'm I'm curious how this one's going to play out, especially with him being the winter knight. Right. Yeah. But and I, the responsibility I, of the winter lady. Yes. And Murphy knowing that she's going to grow old and die. And he's not. And and I have to admit, as soon as that happened, let's see. Uh immortal uh katana I, I, I'm just saying that I immediately went to Highlander, Highlander and I was yeah. hearing Queen in the background. There's no time for us. I, it, that's what happened to me. I just I gotta I, go home and watch Highlander tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Megan's just looking at us and rolling her eyes again. All Megan, right, if all right. you've never seen Highlander, it's the greatest movie ever made, according to Ricky Bobby. Okay. <laughs> but whatever you do, don't so see Highlander see. too. So, <laughs> so or Sean Connery's ponytail. Oh. So so let's like so let's talk butters, shall we? 
Butters. Butters. I got to admit, I didn't care for the flaming sword, but it makes sense, I guess. The flaming sword? You mean yeah. the I'm not, lightsaber? No, 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 no. I, it, it took no. me a while to figure out what the heck was going on. Because they're like, and this beam of light. And I like, and for some reason, lightsaber did not enter my brain. You, were thinking, though, it was a, you were thinking it was a great big flashlight? <laughs> no, I assumed that the beam of light reforged the blade for a minute there. Oh. No, I thought I I'm going to call it a flaming sword. I don't care that it probably looks like a lightsaber because that's what Butters relates to. Mm-hmm. I it's a flaming sword. And I was just like, "Yeah, really?" But fine, it makes sense in the in the content or in the context that it's that it's in, but I mean, it's eh. kind of nice because then he doesn't have to maintain the sharpness. That's true. And Nor I, does he have to worry about sheathing it and carrying it on his back. Plus, he gets right? to carry it around he can in a carry small it in his pocket. Satchel. Yeah. yeah. Like, let me have the satchel. Uh, it's so fun. <laughs> the the moment that but but the but the power of the sword of faith is not about I I, I love the way that Butcher is doing this. Uh, I'm not sure that I agree with him or disagree with him, but I love what he did. He made it very clear that the faith is not in a particular direction it is about the fact that there is faith in something mm-hmm. and as a as a young man who or as as an old man now who grew up quoting yoda and wanting to be a jedi knight oh my goodness yeah. one of the some of some of some people will understand i have this fascination with embroidered patches i have i have a jacket that i covered with patches all over the back of it i got to the point where my children started giving me patches from everywhere we went well then you can't put it you can't there's not enough room on the jacket mm-hmm. so right. what we've decided to do is we're turning a wall into a wall of patches in our home awesome. we're going to put them on we're going to put them on a great big blanket and hang the blanket up and it's going to be a lot of fun but there i i patches everywhere my first patch when i was five no i was seven seven eight years old my first patch that i remember that wasn't affiliated with the cub scouting organization Mm -hmm. was an embroidered patch of a lightsaber and it said brotherhood of jedi knights on it and i was like that's gonna be me when i grow up i had no idea that that didn't really exist but i (laughs) really i just oh man there is no do or do not there is no try Fear, anger, aggression of the dark side are they? I mean, all of these pieces, they oh, well, like, and yes. I, I think it's such a I think beautifully crafted up. sequence where, you know, Charity is out in the street and Harry is down for the count and he and he has this line, he says, and then I saw Butters decide to be a hero. Yeah. And Butters walks out there and he, like he's already let Bob go. Like he's got nothing. Right. And he just he goes out there and Harry like throws the sword thinking it's gonna go to charity or throws the hilt and it goes to Butters and it does exactly what it needs to do in that moment. And like and Michael I just says, thought it was so beautifully written. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, all hope is lost except there was still one person. And it turns out it was the right person. No, there yeah. is another. The the oh nicely done, nicely done. When he says that the that <laughs> Nicodemus lowers his sword and the and Fidelacius sheared it off. Yep. So I was cool. like, as it should at this moment in time. Thank yes. you very much. As cool as that is, really cool afterwards is yeah. when, and we've already talked about it a little bit, mm-hmm. when Jordan and the rest of the squires mm-hmm. put their guns down and Uriel says... No, this is what we were gambling for. We're gambling for souls. Yeah. 
and they just redeemed a whole bundle of them. Feels felt felt an awful like like a like a dice game that I'm familiar with. But anyway, it's just so beautiful. It just makes me think. In the very beginning of the book, again, Harry is talking with Molly, and he's like, "Yeah, we're going up against the knights." And she's like, "Oh, is Sa- or somebody says is Sasha there?" And he's like, "No." And she goes, "Don't worry, a knight will be Sonya. there." Sonya. 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 Don't worry, a knight will be there. And a night was. And a night was there. You know, the other no, thing. No, before that, though, it was her father. It's true. So cool. Oh. You know, the other thing that's kind of interesting is that the conversation that Karen and Butters have earlier is a little bit foreshadowing. <laughs> when when Butters is talking about all of the changes that he's seen in Harry and that it makes him nervous because all these changes, they, they're, not, they're not what he used to be. Mm-hmm. And how does all that fit in? And Karen says, yeah, but Butters, I could say the, same, the exact same things about you. All of the changes that I've seen in you in the last year, yep. you are not the same. And it would be very easy for me to say the same thing. Interesting that when Karen says that to Butters, he kind of goes, well, yeah, okay, I guess I understand. And then later on, we get a chance to see what happens when you see your friends through a lens of faith in them. Yeah. Because Harry has faith in Butters. You know, and, and do is this an appropriate time for us to talk a, a little bit about day one? Let's do. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because because he he says you don't have to keep it. And he, he makes the choice. And this is what cements his, this is, secures his calling as a knight of the cross is that he says, I will take this up. Yeah. And now we get to see, now we get to see the training montage. Y'all, y'all <laughs> got the, the forward to the story, right? That Jim Butcher wrote? Yes. Probably. So, which I loved, by I the way, because I I had heard that before. The forward basically says that the Butters was originally written. He was written for oh yeah, Death was, Masks or Summer Night or one of the one of the first books as basically dead, a dead throwaway beat. character. Right. We needed a more uh, 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 medical examiner, so we just wrote him and threw him away. Yep. But he became then he uh, shows up in Deadbeat. Then he shows up the... in Deadbeat because they need the medical examiner again and somebody who's a little bit weird, and he just becomes. I think partially he became a cult figure in the the readers. And so Butcher was like, let's explore this a little bit more. But he basically he he grew he outgrew his his one off status. Yeah. yeah. Butters the character did. And and, and really I love it. And really beautifully written. The maybe I and maybe I relate a little bit too much to Butters because uh while I might be a little bit taller than Butters. I had the glasses that Butters had when I was growing up and I struggled with everything that Butters seemed to struggle with. And I made a lot of the same choices. Video games were a major, major part of my life. And I love Weird Al Yankovic. Who doesn't? Come on. I I related maybe, and and maybe that's the the brilliance of Jim Butcher and writing a character relatably. But Mm -hmm. when when some of those relationships, when some of those relatability factors hit really hard, you kind of go... Yeah, okay. Okay, I can get this. The fact that he becomes the outlet then for all of these star uh, for all of these Star Wars references mm-hmm. that we we really get to see that Jim Butcher obviously loves these movies as much as many of the rest of us. Yeah. And and really gets to imbue them with some power and then not only do all of those things coalesce into this character, but they coalesce into this character's calling. Yeah. When he's yeah. running around and he's like, do you see that? See what? There's an exclamation point above that guy's head. But normally in a video game. I <laughs> I loved, I loved that the people who need help manifest as an MMO 
NPC character. Yeah. When, yeah. When, when, he, when he said, well, normally in an, in an MMO, the NPCs are standing there with an explanation point, and that's what tells you that you need to go on your first quest. And he goes, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I played that for my daughter, and my daughter is like, that's awesome, Dad. That's Because awesome. she's a gamer, so, so yeah. she got it. Um, and I, 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 yeah. But again, I think this was it was really cool reading day one how a lot pretty much everything that Butters had to overcome and had to do like he went into a hospital. Well, he's a doctor and he knows the guy checking it. Like these are all things that would be a lot easier for him to, to do than say Sonya or yeah. somebody else. Yeah, he's he uses, got the skills that he needed exactly the right skills. Yep, for he this uses particular... his unassuming, you know, to yeah. walk right in. And and also, I, I I really got a kick out of Lamar showing up uh, in that one. Remember, Lamar was the EMT that showed up to take Stan to the hospital. Yes. He said, hey, Lamar, is anything weird going on? And he's like, Lamar didn't want to have anything to do with the supernatural world. What do you mean weird, Butters? <laughs> you know, he's like, well. But but I also appreciated the that the task fit the night. Yeah. And here's Butters faced with a challenge that at first I'm saying to myself, this is weird. Mm -hmm. This is a weird one. Yeah. I remember, I remember, you know, last time that they were in a hospital, you know, grieving, grieving spirit over lost baby, blah, blah, blah. Michael trying to help make things right. Blah, blah, Agatha blah. Hagglethorn, uh. which is a nice callback again, that he's in a hospital. Yeah. You know, that they're fighting so many things yeah. happen in hospitals that are, that are just bad that way. But the the idea that this was a situation gone wrong, yeah, a what what should have been something to protect children became something that afflicted children. Mm -hmm. Remember when he was saying when when Jim Butcher writes about the the doll that was yeah. supposed to eat the children's fears. Well, you ingest it long enough, that's what you become. You right. become yeah. made of fears. Well, and if you believe in something enough, it becomes a real thing. Yeah. A la Velveteen Rabbit, a la yeah. lightsaber, a la you know, a la peanut butter sandwiches. Make it, make whatever <laughs> statement you want. Uh, the 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 power of that. You didn't watch you didn't watch Sesame Street growing up that way much, did you? It took me a minute to realize what that was. Yeah, yeah. mostly the look on my okay. face was just like, I really like you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are delightful. Oh, the, that makes one of us. The, <laughs> the 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 interesting the interesting way that then when Butters calls up Harry. And says, I'm sorry, I need your help. And and Harry goes, Butters, this is yours. Mm -hmm. You gotta you gotta deal with this. This is yours. You gotta you gotta handle it. And, and Harry he, does give him the information that yeah. he needs. He's and like, Oh still wait, I know him. what this is. Yeah. He still helps him anyway. He helps him. In in the in but the he doesn't sphere, do it for him. In the sphere that he can, not yep. in Yeah. I'm not gonna come save you. What a fatherly thing to do. I know. That that Harry recognizes that there are things that there are things that you have to do for yourself, and then this moment when Butters says, "So I found a sheet and tied it around my neck and found a <laughs> sticker, big, a big red sticker from the with the red cross and put it on my chest." Yeah. I'm sure, it didn't look like their robes. Didn't look like Michael's or Sonya's. And, but... and I'm and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> a Jewish Jedi as the Knight of the Cross? Like, <laughs> okay, why not? 
<laughs> Jedi Dark He's Knight the one of the that cross. has the faith for it. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Love and it. I'm so thrilled. Was it's it in, so much fun. Was it in this book? Was it, Or was it in this story? Or was it in the main story? Or I can't remember exactly where it was. Talking about Harry, though. About how he is always... He always talks about how he's doing wrong. He's failing everybody. He's failing his friends. He's leading them into danger. He's doing all this. And yet somebody from his sphere of influence points out that Harry is always building people up. He is always empowering his friends. It was actually in, uh, it shows up in a couple of places. Yeah. Zoo Day was where. That's where it was. Because. Was because it Mouse? It was Mouse. Was yeah. I it couldn't remember Mouse which one it was, but I thought it was a brilliant thing to point out. It's something that we've kind of talked about before, and it's good that his friends actually recognize it too, yeah. is that he's the one who gives people the confidence to do stuff and we get to see it right here he teaches them the actual tools if he can again mm-hmm. i'm thinking deadbeat and teaching butters about the circle, circle of power um but you know again even in this story like harry kind of gives butters oh here's actually some information that's really helpful but also you got this this was entrusted to you you got it go do it i'm not going to come help you because you don't need me that's the key that I think was that I think was beautiful about that. Yeah. You don't need me. Yeah. This one you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And and it gives him the reason why cuz you were called to this. This is your yeah. job. You got yeah. this. It wouldn't more signs that Harry is probably turning a little bit more faithful than he likes to believe is that he says and and you don't he doesn't have to have faith in God well, or Well, it's possible that faith you know, thinks Harry divinity is something or different anything than like that. Yeah. yeah. But he has faith in power. And he's he's got faith in faith magic, obviously. And yeah. the, I mean, because he's seen it work yeah. several times for Michael, but he's got faith enough in it now that he can tell my uh, tell Butters, it called you. It gave you the responsibility. It wouldn't if you weren't up to it. Yeah. When when I, I can't remember whether it's Butters or Harry says, well, what if it was just a coincidence? And and Michael says, Michael says there, are no there are no coincidences. Yeah. And perhaps there perhaps that's a little bit overstated. But I think when it comes to matters of the the swords, that that is a very true statement. Yeah. Uh, and I think that Jim Butcher gives it to us in a way that that has that make sense. So I think so too. I'm interested to see going forward what happens with Michael's newfound willingness to be skeptical, mm. and what is going to happen with the church at least their little branch of the church that keeps letting these coins slip out or keeps creatively, you know, moving them to wherever. I love Megan. I love your thought that there is a covert denarian in the church. Yeah. Could be slipping these coins out there. And if there That's is brilliant. And if there is, what is that going to do to Michael and to father Ford Hill? Yeah. Um, and is that individual connected to the Black Council? Mm. You know, we've been away from the White Council we seen and, them the, for a while. and the world of wizard, uh, the world of the 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 wizarding world of Harry Dresden. Yeah. We've been yeah. we've been away from the White Council and all the things that are going on with that. Molly is now beyond the reach of the wardens. Mm-hmm. Harry is pretty much beyond the reach of the wardens, and in fact has become the warden of wardens, right? Because yeah. of his role with Demon Reach. He's had an influence on all of the wardens that are currently kicking around. 
and the war with the Red Court of Vampires ended because there was no more Red Court. So Battleground seems to be an opportunity to readdress some of those kinds of issues. Well, and peace yeah. talks. And peace talks. I haven't read into it yet. I'm very excited to, but it does feel like it's time to revisit the it feels like the it's world. Been... It's time to revisit the wizarding world a little bit. And he can go back now. I mean, the gatekeeper, Rashid, is on the senior council. He knows not only that Harry's alive, but that he's important and well, vital. Yeah, in his well, and Rashid even offered, like, I'll help you get your life back together. Yeah. When you decide to come back, I'll help you get it together. So I have a yep. feeling that's going to become a thing. Yeah. And yeah, we haven't heard from the Black Council for a while, which doesn't mean they aren't out there. It just means we haven't been paying attention. Oh, I think it means that they're definitely out there and that we've been given some seeds. In fact, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Black Council is tied together with the with Nikki and the Nickelheads. Mm. would In fact, it wouldn't surprise me well, at all. Well, definitely Nemesis. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me at all if there wasn't, if if there is a member of the church that's been given one of the coins, it kind of wouldn't surprise me if there was a member of the White Council that has a coin Ooh, other maybe. than oh. Harry. See, that's the thing is the now all these coins keep getting back into circulation and now we have the Salem witch trials all over again. Everybody could have a coin. Yeah. Are there 20 uh, or 30? 30, 30. 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces. Yep. So it will, it'll be interesting to see all of that. And at oh, least man. two of them are in in the underworld, right? Yeah, for now. Right? So they're, they're perfectly safe. Yeah, they're never coming out because you got to get past the gates, right? Sure, I thought that can't happen. Grab Deirdre's before he left. I'm not talking about Deirdre's. I'm talking about Lashiel. Ursiel's and Lashiel's. And oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, Deirdre, Deirdre, he grabbed. Yeah. But the other two, those are, those are, those are gone, right? Sure. They're never going to come back. Nobody can get into the underworld. <laughs> well, yeah. it's a good thing we got a whole bunch of books left. Speaking of uh, money in the underworld, I'm really enjoying that everybody's rich now. I'm curious to see if that affects their, if that changes their lifestyle at all. The moment when Charity grabs the box. I know. I laugh so because of course like, we don't need that. And Charity's like, I'm sorry, we have True. 23 years of college still We to have go. kids to pay for. How Char about the fact that little Harry Carpenter is like 11? Hank. I know. Hank, Hank Carpenter, yes. Hank Carpenter. So cute. He's like Love 11 it. years old now. And Aww. who was the one that, that called Harry Bob again or whatever? I think it was Harry. Bill. A Bill. Oh, Bill. Bill. Yeah. Bill. He, yeah, I think it was Harry that called him Bill. Amanda. Was it Bill or Amanda? Yeah, it was one of the two of them. I, I, don't, I don't remember. But Will. I still maintain, and I hope it's soon, that, that Daniel takes up Amarachius. Well, if he is, mm -hmm. then he's going to have to do some talking to Harry since Amarachius is now... On the island. In the bottom of Demon Reach. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Well, there's a lot There's a lot still to enjoy. We're going to start working on the next books pretty quickly, I imagine. You know, our original plan was to do a recap episode after Skin Game, but we weren't anticipating getting to Skin Game after Peace Talks had already dropped. So we can Peace just Talks get straight. Let's just go. We, get, we can get straight into Peace Talks. Megan, are you cool with that? Yep. Let's go. Yeah. Hopefully all y'all are ready to go with on, go on a ride with us. But uh, as a as a as a cowgirl on the back of a dinosaur, we're going to start taking this one down, too. I am yeah. so excited that I'm going to be able to see all of the spoilers on Discord. Right? I'm so tired of the black bars. I love you all terribly, but please stop talking about spoilers when I can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to yeah. have a lot of scrolling back to do now. But, but keep but keep sending those contacts out. We love uh, we love hearing you guys. We like to interact with you when we can. In the meantime... 
We'll see you next time.